the 398th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Wins Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last-minute tickets with the lowest prices guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 398. I know I just sent an episode out to this man, but it's going to one of our friends in the Discord, Scuba. Um, it's going to him because uh, he retired from gambling this uh, yesterday, actually, <laughs> um, and so I, I want to wish him well. I'm sure we'll, we won't hear uh, or see of him ever again, and he won't be back in the Discord on uh, Tuesday betting the contender series fight. So this goes out to Scuba. Sadly, not his name's not Scuba Steve, as people in the Discord were hoping. Uh my name is not Scuba nor Steve. It's Jeff Chalks Fox. I don't even think I introduced myself last episode, but that, that's who it is. And we are here. It's a magical time of year, and that rhymes. And we're doing the contender series once again, week two. Week one went well for our pocketbooks. Hopefully, week two goes just as well. Uh, of course, I'm not doing this alone. I have the Gumby, the man who's got coined Gumby God because of the contender series. It's the one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. So did Scuba, I, I must have missed this because I, I was actually I think he out retired, of, yes. I, I'm usually in the Discord for a little, most of the fights and I check in all the time. Uh, but I had gotten a phone call from a friend who lives like six time zones away. So I was out for two fights. Was it the Hakeem Dawido fight that made him retire? I think so, yes. And Gummy's oh, okay. always flexing about friends. He's always got to say, hey, I got <laughs> yeah. friends. I got friends. Yeah, I, I, got I think friends. I think that fight, I think that fight made a lot of people retire, but yeah, you know, it's uh it's MMA. There were some sad you know parlays. Yeah, yeah. There were some sad parlays first there. I thought you were gonna throw this one out, uh, and maybe I'll I'm allowed to dedicate so it's too. I'm gonna do I'm gonna throw this one out to uh Ryan H's Armenian mom. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ryan H's t- mom. Yeah, because she was telling Isaac Dalgarian to to punch Francis Marshall harder last uh, last yes. night. So uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Ryan H's Armenian mom. <laughs> yes, shout out to her. Um, all right, so this is week two. Uh, I'm a casual when it comes to contender series prospects. I'm not like you or or Turnip, who's been who has been. Oh, he's uh, he's been after patient. it. <laughs> yeah, he's been waiting patiently for this episode. He he spends his spare time thinking about Cameron Smotherman, apparently, um, which we'll we'll be discussing shortly. Um, this week seems that better prospects than last week. Are, are we are we chuffed to, to say a fun word? Are we chuffed about anyone uh, after week one? I would say I feel really good about Kevin Boras. Um, yeah, he's the one. He's the one name that stood. Yeah, out yeah. Uh, well, Tom Nolan too. Uh, you know, six foot three lightweight right. with, right, with right, crazy right. knockout power. Like that, that's clearly something to keep an eye on. You know, as we said about Cesar Almeida, like how excited can you get about a guy who's 35 years old and, and also a middleweight because middleweights, Kyle Machado didn't necessarily impress Peyton Talbot clear errors in his game. Knowing, you know, if I saw more of them, I'd probably be even more hyped uh, if you kept looking like that over four minutes. But, you know, we only saw 83 seconds of them. Uh, but Kevin Borges, we we saw 15 minutes of them. And look, every time he was taken down, he popped right back up. He, 
you know, in any time his takedown defense, which was it was his biggest flaw, came out, he like fixed it with like good, like not letting Diaz get his hips. He's got amazing cardio. His hands are lightning fast. He looks a lot like Daniel Marcos. And I'm not just saying that because they're both Peruvian, but like, man, maybe Peruvian MMA is like lightning hands and like gets back up after they get taken down quick because like that's what he was. And it was pretty damn good. So I, I would say him and Nolan, I'm both pretty hyped on. I would say you're right. This, this one coming up, there, I, I think there's a little bit more potential in this one right here. And, and if I, I've said it to a bunch of different people already, Th- this main event, this contender series main event week two is maybe the highest level of prospects they've ever put against each other in a single contender series fight. Because, uh, you know, you see somebody like George Hardwick and you're like, that dude should already be in the UFC. And then you're right. like, they'll, they'll clearly feed him somebody that's really easy for him to starch. And they didn't. They fed him Abdul Kareem Al-Sawadi, who is a bad dude and was like tearing it up in LFA and Fury. And and he did pretty well in Brave, although uh, it turns out he didn't really like being there. But uh, yeah, Sawadi so, so uh, is no joke either. So it, it, it's a good... Uh, this one is does seem to have a little bit more potential. Yeah, it's too bad that those two guys are, have to fight each other because Dana. I'd, I'd sign them both. Get they it. both look yeah. like guys who you should sign right now and have exactly. them the contender series. That, that's happened once, right? He uh, that one flyweight fight, he gave both uh, fighters a contract, but you and have to really. It didn't work out yeah. great in the first place because the the yeah. loser who got the contract in that one was Carlos Candelario, uh, yeah. who is who is now 0-2 in the UFC. But also, like, I think that probably only happened because Candelario won his first time on the Contender Series. And then the second time he lost kind of a questionable split decision. So, like, I think Dana was like, that's basically two wins. Like, we kind of yeah. have to hide. Half a win each time. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the first time he won pretty convincingly. He beat Ronaldo Candido, who I know you don't know, but he was on The Ultimate Fighter. Um, How dare you say that? I know Chris Candido. Yeah, but you don't know uh, Ronaldo Candido? No. He fought Jamie Alvarez on that season of The Ultimate Fighter and beat him, uh, and then lost to Eric Shelton. Uh, that was a... Uh, Eric Shelton. Yeah, Eric, Eric Shelton's been tearing up the regional scene. He might be making a comeback. You might see him soon. Oh, maybe. Now that flyweights exist again in the UFC, maybe, right? Maybe, maybe. Although he's been fighting a lot of Bantamweight. Oh, okay. Interchangeable. But yeah, it's too bad these two guys are going at it in the main event because like Gumby said, they both should get signed. Um, yeah, week one, we're not adopting anyone as of yet, right? As, there's as no, there's none fighter. of quote-unquote Gumby guys. Uh, no, I have... Right. I have five guys who I circled who have already been announced for contender series who I've it's written in the front of my little notebook that I, I make notes in, uh, and, and they're Gumby's guys. Um, right. so we, we maybe will, maybe we'll talk about one of Gumby's guys today. That's where I was going to ask. All <laughs> right. So week one. Mm. No, that's, that's yeah. it. I just said, maybe we'll yeah, talk okay. about it. <laughs> hey, there was nothing week one. <laughs> I, I, I made resume picks, uh, just based off of resume and, the, the little that I knew about the fighters. I went three and two <laughs> picking that way and won 251. Gumby, who knows everything about everyone, only went two and three. Buddy hit both his his two hits were a plus 220 and a plus 280. So he's up 200 bucks as well. So we're both cruising into week two. Uh, we're going to tell you about that after I tell you about our new sponsor, gametime.co, not com.co, gametime.co. Just download the app and you don't even have to worry about typing any of that in. 
because this takes the stress out of buying tickets. Um, especially, I'm sure if you're a Swifty, I'm sure we have lots of Swifties listening in. I'm sure it's, it's stressful getting tickets. I'm sure you can get Swifty tickets for Taylor Swift on the Game Time app, and you don't have to worry about trying to get it elsewhere. Because I hear it's impossible to get tickets to those concerts because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you or even not near you. Uh, with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I'm on the app right now, and I was checking out tickets for UFC 292. You can get in the door for 265 Gumby. 265 wow. bucks. Balcony. Row 309. I mean, row 3. Section 309. All right. So there you go. Yep, see? Not, not so bad, right? No, that's not so bad. UFC tickets are in, insanely priced, so it's not, uh, it's not. But Game Time's got them for cheaper for you. So there you go, um, and it shows you where exactly uh, you would be. It, it doesn't have the actual octagon; it has the Boston Celtics court there. But you can see exactly where your tickets are. They have photos from every seat in the building, wherever you're looking for tickets. So um, you like that? Plus they have flash deals. So two sixty five. That was a deal on right now. So if you hear that, get in the Game Time app and get your tickets for UFC two ninety two. Um, it's because Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat, like I said, before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Here's what you need to do, people, to snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. All righty. We're going to the UFC Apex. No tickets. Uh, maybe there's tickets available for this, but not available to us. It's Contender Series 2023 week two as I adjust my chair. Excuse me here. Um, it's Tuesday, of course, which is one of the joys of Contender Series. It's a weekday. It's Tuesday. Plus, it's only five fights. That may be my favorite. My favorite is part. It's not seven hours of, of UFC fights. We get five fights in and out quick. Lots of fun. 7 p.m. Eastern is the start time. ESPN Plus is where it is. And up here in Canada, it's on TSN. Five fight card is starting with a 135-pound fight, a bantamweight fight, a fighter we've talked about before and who Gumby interviewed a few weeks ago, Cameron Smotherman, who sadly is not a Smotherman. He is a puncherman. Um, if you're in our Discord, sportsgumbypockets.com slash Discord, Gumby has put a lot of nice videos of Smotherman, smasher meaning people. He's fighting Charles Lampos Gregorio. Um, fantastic name. He's uh, what American, but obviously he's got some Greek in him, does he not, Dan? No, he's um he's from Cyprus. Really? Um, and oh also, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, and also close he, enough. He, in my he doesn't also he, he also really doesn't go by Charles Lampros uh, very often. It's it's Pampos. Uh, most people call him Pampos. P a m p o s, I believe, is the shortened form. Oh, of Pampos. His name. Okay. All right. Yeah, he is from Cyprus. Sorry, but he lives in the States now. Is that not correct? He already fights in the States, at least, I think. Yeah, he trains out of, um, uh, I mean, he, he's mostly been fighting for CFFC, and he also fights for okay. Combat FC, which is, um, right. it's a Massachusetts promotion. Yeah, so like Gumby was saying, we got a lot of high-level fighters on this car. We've got 
CFFC champs. We got Fury champs. We got Cage Warrior champs. So yeah, this is a um, they've they've packed this week with some solid fighters. Let's break down this fight. Have you seen odds? By the way, I just found the odds this morning. I I did. I actually did all my breakdowns before I saw odds though, so I had an idea of who I liked and what I thought the odds were going to be beforehand. So I'll 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 pencil that in. But you can you can okay cool. All right, I've wasted enough time to say about Gregorio first. The Ferocious is a nickname. Seven and three with five knockouts. He's been knocked out once, so he's been stopped only one time in ten fights. So in three straight fights, all via a form of knockout or TKO. He has not lost a fight since March of 2021. He is a regional champion. He's at plus 130. Smotherman, the babyface killer, eight and three with five knockouts. He's also only been stopped once, knocked out once in his career. He's been four straight fights, the last two via knockout or TKO. He is a Fury FC champion. He's the current champ, right? As far as I know. Uh, yeah, I believe he just yeah. vacated and they're doing an interim fight for him. The, his belt. Okay. But what if he doesn't get a contract, Dan? He goes back. That's why it's interim. Then they unify it. Oh, uh, right, right. Yeah. Interim. Sorry. Right, right. All right. But he's going to win. Uh, he's two inches taller than Gregorio. Five years younger. Minus 145. I'm going chalk just based off resume and based off those cool clips you showed me of Smotherman. So uh, n- not very scientific breakdown for me. The, these numbers have come way down. Uh, the money must be flooding in on a Gregorio, uh, which which is crazy to me because I'm I'm on Smotherman here, and, and maybe right. I'll wait, maybe I'll wait for it to come further down. Um, because the thing is, you know, as I put those clips in the discord, which by the way, get in the discord. Cause I'm always dropping clips in there. Uh, sports gambling slash discord. The dude hits like a truck, man. His, his he, and it's not always the craziest thing is he's a lefty uh, or a righty rather, but it's not always his right hand. That's doing the damage. He finishes people with his front lead left hand as a righty. Uh, which just shows you the kind of power he has when he sits down on his punches because it, it's a lead hand that's knocking people out so often. And granted, it's usually a hook, but both of his last two knockouts were literally walk-offs with his lead hand. That's crazy. Now, I also think that he has a, like a solid weapon in the way that he uses feints in mixed direction. He like moves forward like backs people up till they're almost to the cage using feints or using stance switches or whatever it is he needs to do for that. Um, he's not terribly overly aggressive. You know, like I, when you see a guy who's got knockout power, like him, you worry that he becomes Terrence McKinney. He hasn't done that yet. Um, and he does a decent job digging under hooks and stopping takedowns. And so the reason I like him here against Gregorio is Gregorio's strikes are not quick. They're much wider um, he tries to wrestle very early in fights, but doesn't like, he doesn't chain his attempts together. He like shoots a double. And if the guy gets the underhooks, he'll just back away. He doesn't then readjust to a single or press him against the cage or anything like that. Um, he throws a lot of kicks that have been countered. And the other thing is, is I'm going to share with you guys and you guys can go back and watch this fight. If you've got fight pass, he fought Chris Desano last fight. It was for combat FC, which is on fight pass. Uh, Chris Desano, uh, just for the record, is six and six as a professional. That's his last fight. He's six and six as a professional. And when I went back and watched that fight, uh, Gregoru at one minute and 34 seconds of the first round rushes forward with a blitz of strikes and he eats two lead hand counters from Desano in a row. Desano is a righty, just like Smotherman. And the left hand cracks him 
twice right in the head. He backs away from that exchange at the end of it. And the interesting thing is, it's like, yeah, Desano cracked him twice and is not as fast as Smotherman. If he eats two of those shots from Smotherman, he'll be unconscious. And I promise you that. Um, and so it's from a guy in a similar stance. It's from a guy who does a similar thing. It's from a guy, you know, like it, the, all of the writing is on the wall that Gregorio is going to rush forward at some point in time. He's going to eat a mean left-hand counter. He's going to go to sleep. I know the props aren't out yet, but if you are with me and you're going to bet Smotherman, first of all, let his money line drop. And second of all, probably sprinkle on KO if that number gets into the positives. Because like if he wins, as I really do think he's going to, he's going to knock him out. And Yo. I will say I will say this, because I know there were people in the Discord doubting Cameron Smotherman. This is one of my five Gumby's guys. I really think he's he's young, so he's got a lot of room to grow. You know, he's only I think he's only like 24, 25 at this point. He's got a lot of room to grow. But I think this guy has got crazy potential with the power in his hands and his ability to like counter wrestle. That was going to be the question. Why is the number going down? Um on this one why are people betting on gregorio and um is it because you know what? like what what turnip was saying in the in the discord he's good at everything smotherman is uh weak at well yeah because he can wrestle a little bit right and uh i i think that's good but also if you look at his wins you know his last win like i said chris Dasano, that dude is six and six uh his fight before that was against a guy named joey krista stomo jr who's two and seven and then he fought a guy who <laughs> I looked at it at first. And I was like, oh, shit. He beat Efrain Escadero, uh, you know, the old Ultimate Fighter winner. Yeah. Sick. But it's not Efrain Escadero. It's Efren Escarnero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it, like, <laughs> it made me triple. It's a knockoff, knockoff version of the real Efrain Escadero. Yeah, it's like we have Efrain Escadero at home, and it's Efrain exactly. Escarnero. <laughs> um, and that guy's five and three. So my point is, is like, he's not beating a lot of people. The only dude who he's fought who's, like, a real guy who you've heard of, he fought Christian Rodriguez. And guess what Christian Rodriguez did? He knocked him the hell out. Um, there you go. So, so like, you know, now we're talking, like, he fights anybody with a, you know, with a good knockout punch and he gets knocked out. So, yeah, wh why are we not more on Smotherman? I don't know. But, hey, let that number keep coming down. I, I'll, I'll wait for it until it's 125, 120, and then I will – hit the crap out of me all right so there you go turn up you can stop worrying you can start using your brain productively and not worry about cameron smotherman any longer all right light heavyweights paulo Hanato jr versus ibo aslan um or ibo 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 i think it's ibo i think it's ibo all right i'm gonna tell you about Hanato jr like i said this is that light heavyweight um he Hanato jr is 12 and 2 nine knockouts one submission He's been stopped only once. Uh, he got submitted one time. 0-1 in the Contender Series. He lost to Jamal Pogues, correct? He did. He got the, his face jabbed in. <laughs> uh, he's Since then, he's won two straight fights, both via knockout or TKO. And yes, he did used to fight at heavyweight, and now he's dropping down to light heavyweight. Was a regional champion, 2013 Pro MMA debut. He also is a pro kickboxer. He's at plus 120. Aslan, the last Ottoman. 11-1 with 11 knockouts. He's been submitted one time, so he's never gone the distance. Won three straight fights, all via knockout or TKO. Multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. SportsGumbingPodcast.com slash store. He also used to fight at heavyweight. Two years younger than Hanato Jr. Three inches taller, minus 145. 
I'm going chalk again based off of resumes, but this one was a harder one for me to to uh, decide on. What was the numbers you said again? Plus 120, minus 145. Yeah, so I'm going to go dog. I'm going to go uh, Paulo okay. Hinato. Um, he, here's the thing about why I like Paulo Hinato in this fight. I think a lot of people see the loss to Jamal Pogues and are like, God, he lost to Jamal Pogues. Come on. Remember that that, first of all, is a short notice debut uh, or a short notice contender series fight. He was supposed to fight Kyle Machado in that fight. The guy who got the contract last week. Um, Paulo Hanato originally supposed to fight Kyle Machado who had visa issues. And then like Jamal Pogues pulled in last second. So like very different style fighters, you know, Machado throws really wild, crazy punches and you can counter them. Jamal Pogues just pumps, pumps a jab for 15 minutes. And that's what gave Paulo Hanato so much trouble. The other thing is Paulo Hanato belongs at 205 and not 265 because he weighed in for a heavyweight fight at 221. That's a problem. Now, with that being said, I've got a lot of reservations about Hanato as a prospect. He's got decent speed, but he eats jabs pretty terribly. You know, like he looks like he gets a little bit tired late in the fights. But then again, what 205 or doesn't? I like his hard low leg kicks. I think he's a decent boxer. He's got a long kickboxing background. Like, there's enough to like here about him. Aslan, my big issue with Aslan is, like, he's got big leg kicks. And I do mean big leg kicks because this dude winds the hell up on his leg kicks. But the problem is, is that he's kind of easy to counter and he's fought in trash for competition, man. Like, this guy has fought nobody. Again, we're talking about... He's got he's on a three fight winning streak with three first round stoppages. Every single one of those guys has a losing record. Um, and most of them have 10 losses. So like he's just fought crap for competition in two of those guys. He TKO'd with the big leg kicks that you can see coming a mile away. The problem with doing that against Paulo Hanato, Paulo Hanato is a guy who is a kickboxer. He knows how to check leg kicks. He knows how to deal with those leg kicks. And his counters are better than anybody Ebo Aslan has fought. Ebo Aslan, if you go back and you watch Brave CF 40, when he fought, you mentioned he had one loss on his record, right? And it was by finish. Do you know who beat him? No, please tell. The Pleasure Man, Anton Turkali. Oh, I do know that. I did see that. Yeah, the Pleasure Man. (laughs) And let me tell you something. The Pleasure Man gets a rear naked choke, which, by the way, Paul Leonardo, low-key, not bad wrestling. But he gets a rear naked choke. In addition to that, Turkali pops him on the feet a couple of times. Like uh, early on, it's really clear that Turkali can box with with Ebo Aslan. And let me tell you something. If I'm taking if I'm looking at a kickboxer at plus money odds against the guy who got popped on the feet by the pleasure man, I'm taking the kickboxer. I think the kickboxer can hang. So uh, plus 120 on Polo Hanato. Yes, please. Uh, So I'm going to go with him on this one. Yes, I forgot about the pleasure man. I'm glad you were, you brought that up. So how can you how forget can about forget? how can you forget about how, the pleasure man? <laughs> how could I forget? Uh, one thing I don't forget about is the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. Besides season long contests, they also have weekly contests just for the Patreons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad free and full of behind the scenes stories from SGPN. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All right. What other fun fighters shall we 
talk about. We're going down to featherweights. Haider Amel versus Emra Sonmez. And as I said, this is three five-minute rounds at 145 pounds featherweight. Sonmez first, the Anatolian Wolf. 14-4, eight knockouts, three submissions, but not at once submitted once. Two and two in Cage Warriors. However, he has won three straight fights. He's not lost since June of 2021. He also has multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. SportsGamingPodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at lightweight 2013 pro MMA debut. Two years younger than Emil. Two inches taller, plus 163. The Hurricane, Emil. 7-0, four knockouts, one submission. 3-0 in Bellator. Won his last fight via TKO. However, it was back in July of 2022. And he's the favorite hitter at minus 160. I went chalk here again. I made my picks before I saw the odds, and I ended up going chalk on the whole card. So I guess I know whose resumes look better. Well, and that's that's the thing about resume picks, right? Is, is that like yep. if you're looking at a resume pick, that's pretty much what the books do, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's not really, you know, like every, every time, you know, when we have to predict wins and losses and lines and stuff like that on regional shows, I'm not doing anything other than looking at the resumes and being like, oh, they're going to love this guy. They're going to hate this guy. And that's a mistake. Um, and I think it's a mistake here. Uh, I'm going to go with Sawmez. And, and the reason why is if you look at Emil's recent fights, I, I watched Hyder Emil's recent fights. He's a uh, uh, he's a Diaz adjacent fighter. I'm pretty sure he trains out of Gilbert Melendez's gym. So he's not like a you know, a Nick Diaz army guy, but he's like basically a Nick Diaz army guy. And he's won all of his fights, which is great. But if you look at his last fight with Chase Gibson, um, you might know Chase Gibson. He, uh, he's been in a whole bunch of LFA fights and, uh, his brother was also an MMA fighter, but he died. Um, Cooper Gibson, I believe his name was. Um, but anyway, Chase Gibson, you know, like 11 in, I think he's a 12 and six or 11 and six pro or something like that. Chase Gibson took him down really easily in the first round, like quite freaking easily in the first round. He got his back right away. Um, and then in the second round, he came out super aggressive and wound up knocking out Gibson. But like, the problem is, is that like, if you look at some of his older fights too, he, he had a fight with Dante Sewell, who is again, an LFA guy, just absolutely tired Emil out. Emil wound up winning a split decision, but like kind of a questionable one and one where he looked like absolute crap in the third round because his cardio just wasn't there because he struggles so much to grapple. Um, he's He's got big aggression, but like apart from that, not like a ton of skills there, not, not like a ton of things I'm loving. Um, you know, like he also weirdly goes for takedowns sometimes, but like only when he can trip people, He's a thousand percent not going to trip Sonmez. Sonmez is a suffocating wrestler with like gnarly passes. His striking doesn't look great. He's a dude who like bull rushes to get in the clinch. But this dude is going to have a massive cardio advantage. And the other thing he does is when he doesn't like striking exchanges, he actually has this nice little front kick that he does that creates a whole bunch of space for him. Um, he's got great positional passing. Um, so like he doesn't settle into positions. He like moves ahead and gets to a side control or he gets to a, you know, three quarters guard or something like that. And he, when he takes you down, he immediately like laces that leg so that you can't get back up. Um, he does a really good job. Like somebody did butterfly guard. He did the thing where you grab underneath the thigh and you hold on so that they can't actually elevate you. And it winds up working to a side control or a, a half guard pass. Like he is just got 
all of the top game skills that you want. And he's up against a guy who gave up really easy takedowns in his last fight. So, yeah, I think Sanmez is, first of all, going to get those early takedowns. I think he's going to grind. And also, I think as the longer the fight goes, the worse this is going to be for Hyder Emil. All right. Hope you're listening, Hyder Emil. It's going to get worse for you as the fight goes on. All right, let's go to our co Main event. They don't call it that, but I do. It's a women's strawweight fight. Finally, some ladies get some shine on the contender series this season. Is there many women's fights coming up this season? Do you know? Um, I know there's one in week five, but that's only because I have an interview lined up with one of the ladies. Um, okay. And oh, next week uh, we got uh, a really fun one: Isis Verbeek versus uh, Josephine Knudsen. I know both those names. Yeah, look John. at that. Is a big Knutson fan. All right. This one is this one this week is between Eduarda Moira versus Janena Silva, a couple of Brazilian women strawweights. Three five minute rounds. Silva goes by Yana Papazina. Do you know why, Dan? I so don't. Yana Yana, <laughs> I believe, is her is her first name shortened. Am I wrong about that? Okay. Uh right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and then Papa Zina. Do I know that word in Spanish? I don't know what that word is. It's small something. It's Brazilian. I don't know or what it is. It, I'm it, asking you. So, No, I, I don't know what it means. It's, it's small something. Popo, okay, let's see. Let's see what Google tiny, says. Tiny, tiny popos. Papo Zina. <laughs> nope. Doesn't translate to anything. So you have to have her on your show if she wins and you can ask her. All right. So her her real name, last name is Silva, and she is 5-0 and with two knockouts. Used to fight at Adam Waite. And she's at plus 114. Not much resume for me to, to tell you about her. Moira, nicknamed Rhonda. Everyone's nicknamed Rhonda all of a sudden, Dan. Wonder, yeah. Weird how that happens. Did, all did spelled you, the same name, too. Yeah. Did you did you see Santos? Uh, her, did you see her post-fight conference where she said she's the biggest Rhonda Rousey fan in history? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She said she's literally the biggest Ronda Rousey fan in history. I was like. Well, she's she definitely has grown the sport because everyone's yeah. named Rhonda now, nickname sure. wise. All right, this Rhonda, whose last name is Moira, is eight no with three knockouts, four submissions. So someone's losing their zero on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, she's won three straight fights via finish. Used to fight up at flyweight and up at bantamweight as a regional champion, or was two years younger than Silva, five inches taller, three inches of reach, minus one forty five. You know, I'm going to go chalk and I'm going to go with the bigger fighter here, Moira. I'm I'm actually gonna go Silva. I will tell you first. I'm of all, wrong again, am I? First of all, this fight is one of the worst to break down. Um, I, I don't like to disparage contender series fighters because I love <laughs> contender series. These I I don't think either of these really are ready for the UFC. I think they both have huge issues that they need to work on. Um, the the big issue for for uh, Mora is like her striking's bad. It's really slow and sloppy, or at least it was in her last couple of fights that I could find film on. She leans way forward. Her hands don't look like there's anything behind them. Um, her chin's out and it's super exposed. Her wrestling didn't look really great. I mean, she had an inside trip on one of the the fights and I was like, oh, that's kind of decent, but like not a really good double leg anywhere in there. When she does get countered in the wrestling and she's on her back, she just lays there. And it's like, she looks for subs, but like, apart from like looking for subs off her back, she's got no interest in getting back up or sweeping. She's just like, I'll spend the rest of this round on my back looking for an arm bar. Uh, and she throws up desperation subs. I saw her throw up a leg lock attempt that like clearly had no chance of landing. And she wound up getting punched in the face 31 times. And like, 
on the regional scene, she's won a lot of these fights because she's up against somebody who's two and one in thunder fight or 12 and 14 in demo fight. And like, she winds up getting the finish at the end of those. But I think a lot of these fights, she was not going to win because she's been on the bottom for so long. And she's up against somebody who I think it's going to be really hard to take down. And I don't have a lot of film on Jania Silva. Um, And this is why sort of, I said, this is a terrible fight to bet on is because like Silva, there's not a lot of like good film on somebody trying to take her down. She's only fought five times professionally, not a ton of film out there on Thunder fight, but she's stocky. You know, she's five foot zero uh, or five foot one rather. And she is like thick uh, for a strawweight because you'd have to be to be five foot one, right? She's very muscly, but very physically strong. Think of like Ariane Carnelosi, but down a couple of weight classes. She's definitely going to be a more technical boxer. I think she might have trouble finding the range with somebody who's five inches taller than her, but she moves her head enough that I think she'll be safe, especially against a poor striker. She has power. And I think if she you put her in the clinch, she's either going to stop all of those takedowns because she's got a low center of gravity and does a good job of doing it with her muscle, or she might even get her own takedown. I've seen her muscle some of her own. And with Mora, she might just let her take her down because she likes being on the mat that much. So if she winds up with her back on the mat for 15 minutes, just throwing up arm bars, she's going to lose this fight 30-27 across the boards because Silva's going to jack her up on the feet and have the top position. So... I think at the end of the day here, I just don't trust Mora unless you get a sub. So if you're going to bet this fight and you like Mora, no no reason to take a negative number money line. That's one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Better on the sub because whatever the prop comes out, I you know will be much better because she, I don't think she can win this fight any other way. All right. Better on the sub is the play, according to Gumby. Main event time. We talked about this off the top. Abdul Kareem Al-Sawadi versus George Hardwick. Three final rounds at lightweight. UFC should just sign them both, but uh, they want them to fight on contender series first for cheaper. Al-Sawadi, the pride of Palestine. He's 14-3, and three, eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out three times, so all of his losses have come via knockout. He's won four straight fights. He's not lost since November 2019. He has multiple retail championships on his. Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. He's fight down at Featherweight 2012 Pro MMA debut. He also is a pro grappler. He's at plus 240. George Hardwick, 12 and 1, five knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. 2 0 in Bellator, 6 and 1 in Carriage Warriors, and is the champion of that promotion. Uh, he's won eight straight fights, six straight via finish. He's not lost a fight since October of 2019. He's fight up at Welterweight, a year younger than El Sawadi, two inches taller, minus 315. Give me Hardwick. I'm chalky this week. I'm taking Hardwick too, but I'm also telling you all not to put him in a parlay. Um, Don't throw it in a parlay. Negative not a good line. Yeah, it's a bad line. And I think he's going to win because, look, I, and I like Sawadi quite a bit, but in his last fight got backed up really easily, got countered. Um, and he gets countered a lot when he throws – I guess my biggest problem with him is he's a good wrestler, right? And that's the thing that he needs to do to beat Hardwick. But sometimes it takes him two and a half minutes to start wrestling. And that might be too long already. And when he misses on a punch, he's really easy to counter. And that's what Hardwick excels on. Hardwick excels on being elusive and then hitting you with counters and beating you up real hard. 
Um, and he bites on feints, winds up with his back against the cage, gets jacked up, misses on big swings. And like, I think that that worries me. Um, you know, he's, he's got a decent takedown, but like, he's less good when he's up against the cage. He doesn't, you know, like chain his pieces together or work to the back. Well, um, and Hardwick, man, like you've seen him. If you've watched any cage warriors, he's, he's got explosive striking, when somebody comes in for a takedown, he hurts them to the body. He gets the underhooks. He does all the thing. And most importantly, and I think this is maybe if you're looking for an avenue, you like want to bet Hardwick and you you don't quite know how to bet George Hardwick and still get good value on him because 315 is ridiculous. I think everybody's going to think he's going to hit a knockout here because he is like a vicious knockout artist. But the other thing is he has got a sick Marcella team. Um, the, the guillotine where you turn the hands up over the top of the back, like, uh, Marcelo Garcia, he, he's got a sick Marcelo team that he uses. And with all of the shots, I'm guessing Selwadi is going to shoot from too far away because he can't get the distance on Hardwick and Hardwick is just like messing his day up. I think Hardwick getting a Marcelo team is low key, like a good way to play this fight. Like if you're looking for a little odds, Hardwick by submission, it's kind of sneaky, good play. So, um, yeah, Hardwick is the play. I hate negative 315. I was hoping he would be quite a bit lower than that. Um, but given that he's at that number, I'm still going to pick him. And I'm just going to look for a better prop to play. And I think submission's probably the way to go. All right. There you have it. Um, we'll give you Gummy's picks recap here. He's got Hardwick. He's got Silva. He's got Sanmez or Sanmez. He's got Hanado Jr. And he has a smother man. Uh, get in the Discord and enjoy these fights with us. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Discord. We'll be we'll, we'll be in there all the time, but we'll, we'll be especially in there Tuesday night. Uh, place will be jammed with people enjoying uh, Contender Series. Uh, Twitter, we're at SGPN MMA. Gumby runs that for us. He's at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. That's my handle on Instagram as well. I got my Money MMA Substack newsletter. Get in there. Get additional podcasts from me and all my MMA writing in your inbox for you and enter my weekly pick'em contest. And Gubby's got the top turtle MMA podcasts this week. You have on, uh, Kurt Hallbaugh, who is in the ultimate yep. fighter finale at UFC 292 and, uh, Mateo vocal, who is going to be fighting on the contender series week four. There you go. So get that in your ear holes as well. And go to sports for all your sports gambling needs and join our Patreon. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday with another, well, actually, it's UFC pay-per-view time. We'll be breaking on UFC 292. Gumby, get us out of here. I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland. He's the baby-faced killer Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Wednesday.